Chapter Four of The Old Maid's Club by Israel Zangwill. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four: The Club Gets Advertised. I see you have disregarded my ruling, Miss Dulcimer," said Lord Silverdale, pointing to the paragraph in the Moon. "What is the use of my trying the candidates if you're going to admit the plucked?" I am surprised at you, Lord Silverdale. I thought you had more wisdom than to base a reproach on a moon paragraph. You might have known it was not true. That is not my experience, Miss Dulcimer. I do not think a statement is necessarily false because it appears in the newspapers. There is hardly a paper in which I have not, at some time or other, come across a true piece of news. Even the moon is not all made of green cheese." but you surely do not think i would accept clorinda bell after your warning not but i am astonished she assured me she was ice precisely and so i marked her dangerous are there any more candidates to-day heaps and heaps from all parts of the kingdom letters have come from ladies anxious to become old maids there is even one application from paris ought i to entertain that certainly candidates may hail from anywhere excepting naturally the united states but what i wonder has caused this tide of applications the moon of course the fiction that clorinda bell intended to take the secular veil has attracted all these imitators she has given the club a good advertisement in endeavouring merely to give herself one you suspect her then of being herself responsible for the statement that she was going to join the club no i am sure of it who but herself knew that she was not i can hardly imagine that she would employ such base arts higher arts are out of employment nowadays is there any way of finding out i am afraid not she has no bosom friends stay there is her mother mothers do not tell their daughters secrets they do not know them well there's her brother I was introduced to him the other day at Mrs. Leo Hunter's, but he seems such a reticent chap, only opens his mouth twice an hour, and then merely to show his teeth. Oh, I know, I'll get at the moon man. My aunt, the philanthropist, who is quite a journalist, sends so many paragraphs round about herself, you know, will tell me who invents that sort of news, and I'll interview the beggar. Yes, won't it be fun to run her to earth? said lily gleefully silverdale took advantage of her good humour i hope the discovery of the baseness of your sex will turn you again to mine there was a pleading tenderness in his eyes what to your baseness i thought you were so good i am no good without you he said boldly oh that is too rich suppose i had never been born i should have wished i hadn't but you wouldn't have known i hadn't you're getting too metaphysical for my limited understanding nonsense you understand metaphysics as well as i do do not disparage yourself you know i cannot endure metaphysics why not because they are mostly made in germany and all germans write as if their aim was to be misunderstood listen to my simple english lay another love song to chloe no a really great poem suggested by the number of papers and poems i have already seen this moon paragraph in 
he took down the banjo thrummed it and sang the grand paragraphic tour i composed a little story about a cockatoo with no desire of glory to see what would ensue it took the public liking from china to peru the point of it was striking though perfectly untrue it began in a morning journal when gooseberries were due the subject seemed eternal so many scribes it drew and in every evening column it made a great to-do sub-editors so solemn just adding thereunto in the london correspondence twas written up anew and then a fog came on dense and hid me quite from view and some said they had heard it from keepers in the zoo while others who averred it had seen that cockatoo it lived my little fable i chuckled and i crew as at every table friends twisted it askew it leapt across the channel a bounding kangaroo it did not shrink like flannel but gained in size and hue it appeared in french and spanish with errors not a few in russian greek and danish inaccurately too and waxing more romantic with every wind that blew it crossed the broad atlantic and grew and grew and grew at last like boomerang it sped back across the blue and tall and touched with twang it appeared whence first it flew an annual affliction it tours the wide world through and i who bred the fiction have come to think it true life's burden it has doubled for peace of mind it slew my dreams by it are troubled my days are filled with rue its horrors yearly thicken it sticks to me like glue and sad and conscience-stricken i curse that cockatoo that is what will happen with clorinda bell's membership of our club continued the poet she will remain a member long after it has ceased to exist once a thing has appeared in print you cannot destroy it a published lie is immortal age cannot wither it nor custom stale its infinite variety it thrives by contradiction give me a cup of tea and i will go and interview the moon man at once the millionaire hearing tea was on the tray came in to join them and silverdale soon went off to his aunt the lady goody goody two-shoes and got the address of the man in the moon lily what's this i see in the moon about clorinda bell joining your club asked the millionaire an invention father the millionaire looked disappointed will all your old maids be young yes papa it is best to catch them young i shall be dining at the club sometimes he announced irrelevantly oh no papa you are not admissible during the sittings why you let lord silverdale in yes but he is not married oh and the millionaire went away with brighter brow the rest of the afternoon lily was busy conducting the preliminary examination of a surpassingly beautiful girl who answered to the name of princess and would give no other name for the present not even to turple the magnificent you got my letter i suppose asked the princess oh yes said the president i should have written to you i thought it best to come and see you about it at once as i have suddenly determined to go to brighton and i don't know when i may be back 
i had not heard of your club till the other day when i saw in the moon that clorinda bell was going to join it and anything she joins must of course be strictly proper so i haven't troubled to ask the honourable miss primple's advice she lives with me you know an only orphan cannot be too careful you need not fear said lily miss bell is not to be a member we have refused her oh indeed well perhaps it is well not to bring the scent of the footlights over the club it is hard upon miss bell but if you were to admit her i suppose other actresses would want to come in there are so many of them that prefer to remain single are you sure you do positive my experience of lovers has been so harassing and peculiar that i shall never marry and as my best friends cannot call me a wallflower i venture to think you will find me a valuable ally in your noble campaign against the degrading superstition that old maids are women who have not found husbands just as widows are women who have lost them i sincerely hope so said lily enthusiastically you express my views very neatly may i ask what are the peculiar experiences you speak of certainly some months ago i amused myself by recording the strange episodes of my first loves and in anticipation of your request i have brought the manuscript oh please read it said lily excitedly of course i have not given the real names no i quite understand won't you have a chocolate cream before you commence thank you they look lovely how awfully sweet too sweet for you inquired lily anxiously no no i mean they are just nice the princess untied the pretty pink ribbon that enfolded the dainty scented manuscript and pausing only to munch an occasional chocolate cream she read on till the shades of evening fell over the old maids club and the soft glow of the candles illuminated its dainty complexion End of chapter four